connecting. Here's some music for the audience. We'll get this thing started. Tax the rich, feed the poor, Trying, we're trying to change that world. Trying the best we are can with the with the shoulder, the hands, and the torso at the wheel. So that's what we do around here. It's the Radio Ranch. Welcome aboard on the Wednesday edition, May the fourth. Roger Sales, your host, and uh, we are of course more than tickled pink to be on the Eurofolk Radio Network platform with Pastor Eli and Jim Ram and some of the other fine folks that appear here. So good morning to you, wherever you are. I know we got a few folks on the board here. Let's see if I can get I've got my everything's reoriented now here for me. I had to put the old machine through an update yesterday to see if whatever's causing these little snafus. They were software snafus, I think. Uh, like happened yesterday where all of a sudden we just froze. It froze on my end. You guys are all right. But the problem is when it freezes on my end, it freezes the software that connects us to the uh, server. So that was a, a drop, a blank in the show. Uh, at Gary's urgings, because I thought really we salvaged it all right. I know the show was going good up to that point. And uh, somehow I was able to maintain and uh, get my composure back uh, after that because uh, I have a tendency to fly off the uh, off the handle when stuff like that happens. And uh, anyway, I did uh, at Gary's urgings, as I said, upload the program from yesterday. So if you're. I put a little note in there in the show description that there's a drop out in the middle. So anyway, that's up. There's some good stuff covered as always. Somebody said, somebody said, if you don't do anything else, cut that part with Lynn from Idaho on and post that. <laughs> so Lynn was a big hit yesterday. Glad to have her on board. Um, looks like we got a full board of people here this morning. Uh, I hope everybody's doing all right. And uh, I guess the first thing to do before I launch anything is: is there anybody? Is there anybody new from the Sarah Westall appearance and all these emails with information I've been sending out? Any of you guys on there new? I'd like to uh, welcome you and say hello. And uh, the the response I've gotten from that appearance on Sarah's interview I, I in all the years i've been doing this i've never had a response like that to anything i've ever done on any of these platforms and it just it just keeps coming i mean i can't turn around i don't have 15 to 25 emails in my mailbox asking for uh information that i mentioned on there the new student package i call it and i mean jeff we're getting stuff from all over the world man i'm getting all these new zealand people australian people canada uk hey man do you have anything for us do you have anything for us i mean i've gotten a whole bunch of them okay uh, even people from venezuela uh, how could be? I, I don't know that I've fielded one of those, but the Commonwealth country certainly. And what I try and do, and even though I'm not totally on top of this, I've never really investigated it much outside of the conversations that I had about it uh, with Paul English. And Paul was the one that had spoken with John Smith and uh, uh, attempted to understand him. And uh, he's the one that relayed these things about him to me. I've, uh, I've mentioned it on several shows because we keep getting folks from these Commonwealth countries going, man, that's great for you guys. What about us? You know, And um, 
So uh, I've been sending them all out there, and I just have to you should get on here in case you're listening in one of those countries. Uh, John Smith is a Scotsman. Don't know anything about him except that he's really difficult to understand, uh, according to Paul. And I guess when an Englishman can't understand a Scotsman, that that's, that's saying something, don't you think, Jeff? I mean, that's... That's a hell of a comment. I, I can't understand him. Well, okay, it must be the old brog. So anyway. Same language with the, uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, like, it's almost like the reverse of Winston Churchill, you know, with our language. What did he say? A, a, a related people separated by a common language, something to that effect. Yeah, um, so uh, anyway, well, John Smith has got the language, but it's his brogue and his accent evidently is a little difficult to overcome. Uh, I, I believe, and I look, don't hold my feet to the fire, John Smith information in my ballywick, okay? I'm just putting this out there for anybody else. If you know people in any of those countries that are interested, this is the only viable alternative that I've seen or heard of in those countries that may work. And I can't promise it does work. It worked for him in a couple of situations Paul told me about. So I'm not sure of the progress, what's happened since, et cetera, et cetera. I do know that he did do an interview with David Icke. And you should be able to go on David Icke's site or somewhere and find that. John Smith, pretty common name. And uh, what John has done is developed a common law birth certificate. Now, we know from our intense knowledge of this system and how it operates that uh, uh, unlike what most of the patriot community in the legal realm thinks, the birth certificate is not a nexus to the system. It represents the nexus. The nexus is when you come out of mama's womb and birth canal and they tag you with this political status and then they write that document after the birth to represent it. And as we've said, thanks to Brian Howard's investigative prowess here, that the Bureau of Vital Statistics prints that birth certificate and then places it in a bank safe with armed guards 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it wasn't a warehouse receipt, they wouldn't have armed guards. Does anybody disagree with that? I don't disagree. I saw that little short video talking about the Vatican. Is that where they're keeping all the records? I have no idea. I think there are no, you know, who knows? There's just no way of knowing that. And I don't really, uh, I guess it'd be nice if we could have all the, what do they do with the birth certificate? What happens when it's at the treasury? How do they attach it to the bonds? You know, all that stuff. But we don't need to know that. I mean, it'd be nice to know, I guess. I don't know that we'll ever know. Okay. But we do know what it is, how it operates, and how to get the hell and remove yourself out of it. Okay, those are the important points, you you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, that uh, uh, is something that I think, and the point I was trying to get to is what we do with our affidavit is that birth certificate and that action sets up you as receivership in a surety position for the hypothecated debt that they uh, uh, exercised on March the 9th, 1933. That's how they changed the system. That's how they put you. That's how they put the yoke over you. Okay, let's put it that way. You're like the plow horse. Okay, they put the yoke over you because of that incident. Well, that's all rife with fraud. I don't know how they manipulated the bond market internationally to do a hypothecated bankruptcy, but I guarantee you they did. I guarantee you, I bet everything I got in my life on it. They they screwed with the bond market and somehow manipulated and has this this quote-unquote bankruptcy happen so that all this stuff could follow. Well, that's fraud. Putting you in a position they never told you about or your grandparents or whatever. Fraud. 
Uh, all of it's fraud, fraud, fraud. Now they come over and they do this presumption of law thing. They go, oh, well, all this has happened over here, so we're going to have this presumption of law that we put you in the condition and that all these other magic things apply and that we're going to stick the harness over you and, hey, we're just going to come grab out of your kitty as much as we want every year. Okay. Now, that's what's going on, all right? What the affidavit does when you present it to this lord of the manor in charge of, of, of citizenship status is that you rebut the presumption and you expose the fraud. Of course, fraud vitiates any contract ab initio from the beginning. Well, this is from the long beginning, okay? So there's not only one incidence of fraud, there's layers of it. All right. And that's why they stand mute. That's why they recognize it. This is their. It's just like the uh, I wish I could play videos on here and you guys could hear them here on the board. Uh, I could play it, but the, you guys here don't hear it. You know, the people in the audience do. The lady that was the um, female member of the Knesset that was interviewed by that Amy Goodman on on uh, public broadcasting it's a trick we always use it it's a trick that's all you are is damn magicians this is nothing more than your magic it's exposed we know we know which thimble the friggin peas under okay so anyway that's what's going on here and i would advise any of you folks that are in those other countries to explore john smith i don't know if it'll work for you or not okay i don't know but I do know that I think his birth, a common law birth certificate does exactly the same thing that our affidavit does. It exposes the fraud and rebuts the presumption. Uh, good, good listener, great student, turned into be a good friend, Gary, down there in Tampa. Oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, we were talking about this stuff, and uh, he dug up some sort of an angle. There was some sort of an official document. It had all the letterhead and stuff on it from over there across the pond. And uh, down at the bottom, there's six. Six different statuses in England, and one of them's an English national. And I'd be willing to bet everything I got that that's in England that that's the condition you're looking for. Okay, where what do you do? You get a hold of John Smith, get one of his common law birth certificates. My suggestion would be to find out whoever and which one of the four respective countries: England, Canada, New Zealand, Austria. Those are the ones that applies to first and foremost. May apply to all the others on the globe. Don't know. John Smith says it does. I know that it'll apply in the Commonwealth, those other four, because they've got access to the common law. Find out whoever is interested or whoever is interested, whoever is responsible for issuing passports in your country and submit it to him in a filing. Maybe even check your passport applications and see if they don't have the required get out of jail free uh, in there. Now that you know what the game is, you can probably identify some of these hidden clauses that you ordinarily before would not have identified and understood. So uh, anyway, a lot of, uh, you know, I, I'd love to help those folks and I'd love to see if John Smith stuff works. OK. Uh, and as I said, John Smith says that it works in every country of the world even though they don't have a common law history or availability. But they do have this same system. I guarantee it's in every country of the world, at least without you know, a couple of exceptions maybe. And it's all based on fraud. And that's why they recognize it. So maybe that's the key is even though they don't have a common law history and tradition and access that it exposes the fraud and vitiates the contract uh, that is no doubt. See, this is what we're talking about here, really, and cover and uh, undoing and understanding is the beast system of revelation. That's what it is. Okay, At least that's the conclusion I've drawn. Anybody want to comment or anything on that, what I just said? 
times, dude. Got a lot of fellow gypsies on there. Yeah, well, it's yeah. somebody uh, that's new from Sarah Westfall. Uh, the, oh, listen! If you if you don't do this hand thing, because I can only see so many of you. There's a bunch more than I can see on the field, and I got you know some challenged eyesight. So please be bold and just uh, open your mic and go, "Hey, Roger," and that's how I recognize you. So if it, there's anybody there from the uh, that are, that's new from the Sarah Show, I'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, if you got any questions, we'd like to attempt to answer them. Yes, there's a male voice uh, right there. Who might this that be? Billy, Billy! Billy Go, good morning. Uh, good morning. Just before the new people uh, jump in, get the courage up and jump in, uh, I wanted to point out something interesting. I think the same countries that uh, you've mentioned here a couple times uh, are the same ones that are in called the Five Eyes. Correct. Which is an intelligence Correct. Uh, alliance between yeah. the U.S. or U.S. slash USA, uh, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, and Australia. Correct. Right? Those are the five countries that you yep. mentioned? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Now, so, Billy, uh, keep in mind, those are the only five countries in the history of the planet that have a common law tradition in history. Well, that's what's exactly interesting to me. So this, you know, anybody can look up five eyes, like, you know, eyes that you see, and then there's nine eyes and 14 eyes are the three layers of uh, countries that get together, and it's basically the amount of information that they share with each other from digital surveillance and stuff like that. Right. So just very interesting that the law system would directly correlate to this intelligence sharing system. So they must be, you know, tied to each other. So for yeah, what it's well, worth. you know what they say is probably just a coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> Co so, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if anything's a coincidence anymore. So. <laughs> anyway, well, hopefully we hear from some new okay. people here. I hope so. I'd like to talk to some of the new folks. If not, I'm sure some of you older, longer, and the tooth folks got some stuff we can discuss today. I thought, you know, this is Pageant. Hey, Pageant, again. Well, you've been with us a couple of days in a row. We must be doing have, something right. How I'm you doing? Hooky. I'm playing hooky from what I was supposed to do. Anyway, um, I just had a thought, though. Um, I'm actually from Australia, and... I have thought for a long time that the District of Columbia was there and um, that when you identify being from Terra Australis, then you're outside that jurisdiction. So I wonder if they could do it a lot, a lot like how we do it, because the District of Columbia, you know, has their clause in Australia. Well, you know what? I, I know I saw a really interesting video a couple of months ago from uh, in Canada who was a pretty hot shot attorney. He'd been a Olympic athlete and he'd gone to all these upper uh, law schools and stuff. And he was working with the natives up there. Do you remember us talking about that pageant and what they've done? Evidently not. Evidently what they've done not in yet. Canada is they've, uh, it's the native population that have access being native born to the land, the, uh, access to all of the resources and it's the resources. Of course they want to steal. And so what this guy's doing is working with the native American population. Some of them that are becoming aware of that. And I think he was filing lawsuits and stuff, but since they don't have a clear cut secondary status, like was created for the blacks through federal, supposedly through, through the federal zone. 
they just did it another way, but it's the same exact principle. And that's why they don't have the secondary. I'm not one of those. I'm this uh, in the way clear cut black and white, like in all our law books and stuff. I don't know enough about their law to see how you're going to have to dig in there and find it. But I would guarantee you, I'd bet everything I got that it's the same system and they're doing the same thing. They're probably using the natives in Australia, maybe even the aborigines. Don't know. Okay. But well, I know that Romley Stewart has been helping us. Yeah. Yeah, Romley, Romley Stewart. I, I've seen, I've seen several of his videos, and he's got the, you know, he's all over the birth certificate. Okay, but what they don't understand, they're thinking that that has caused the condition, and he doesn't understand that that has only represents the condition. And if he could use this common law birth certificate and and use it appropriately, I believe that it will do exactly the same thing our affidavit does. Because the magic, what what are, what's every Everybody trying to achieve here of course freedom but how are you going to do it you got to rebut a presumption it's a presumption of law theory that they're working on they pull fraud and then they come over here and make a legal decision based on this other fact that's based on fraud but they don't say that it's based on fraud it's just a presumption of law based on the other fact when we present this to that right person it uh, it confronts that presumption the fraud becomes apparent and they've got to recognize it so that's what i think is going on Okay, and each one of these people, I've tried to tell them, please investigate this and please let us know if you find any progress here, because I think there's something here for those countries. And I'm always intrigued by John Smith's statement that it works in every country of the world, even though they don't have a common law tradition. And I think it's based on this presumption of law and fraud deal. That's why it would work in the other countries. So I don't know, Paget, and we don't know. It's speculation at this point until we get some solid information. But John Smith was had early on some tremendous successes. Now, I haven't followed him. I don't spend my time chasing him. I don't know what's happened subsequently to that conversation with Paul, but I think John Smith is on the right track. Well, Romley and Rowan were doing something correct because last time I heard, Rowan was, you know, basically kidnapped, was arrested, okay. and they don't know what happened to him. But I don't know. I haven't followed it for a while, so I don't know right. if they found him. All right. Well, when so you're was, when they're yanking when they're yanking you and throwing you in jail, you're probably over the target. Same thing they'd done with poor John. He'd never even had a traffic ticket. One weekend they came and grabbed him by the scuff of the neck and threw him in jail for the weekend. Again, over the target. If you're not over the target, you're not catching flack. Yep. So, so I would recommend to Australians to um, at least you know check out the Justinian deception because I, I do think their information is really good. Yep. Yep. Well, they've done a lot of work down there. I like Rom Romney Romley. Is that his name? Romley or Romney? Yes, Romley. R O M L E Y. Romley is. I had a dear friend in uh, Argentina who was South African named uh, johnny hill and he not only looks like johnny hill he talks just like him i mean i freak out when i watch his videos really uh johnny was a hell of a guy man he was from rhodesia he got caught up in all that rhodesian stuff he's in the rhodesian war and in the army and worked with the big war hero over there and then ended up in south africa and <laughs> then ended up in our argentina and uh he's the one unfortunately like your mom and you guys that had a south african passport i think i might have mentioned it to you before he went over to australia his sister was over there and he was flying back to argentina and they had a layover i guess in new zealand and they 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 wouldn't let him back on the flight 
because he had a South African passport. <laughs> yeah, my mom's had a lot of trouble with that. And my uncle was from Rhodesia. And when they made it Zimbabwe and, and everything, they wouldn't let the whites be citizens. And there was all kinds of uh, it's just stuff. A, It's a nightmare. I was just yeah. hearing somebody. I was here listening to Owen Stroyer from yesterday. Uh, evidently, the establishment is has got their da- daggers out and the knives sharpened for Tucker Carlson uh adl and some of these organizations and what they did he was talking about the slaughter of whites in south africa the farmers the other night and then the new york times comes out and does a really big hit piece on him and owen stroyer went back and pulled three recent stories out of the new york times about blacks killing white farmers and here they are after tucker carlson evidently a contingent of the jewish uh, zionist community went to the adl and said Stop this crap with Tucker Carlson. He evidently, and I didn't know this, okay? Evidently, Tucker's parents are very, very well off, okay? So he comes from money, and he's making big money. And these people are saying, don't do and rub this on him. He may go off and do something like Joe Rogan, and he could be possibly the most popular friggin' talk show host in the in the planet, don't do this, you know. See how the, this is their hubris and, and, and their chutzpah and, and their their mentality and their mental structure on how they have to do things. Roger. And again, this is coming back to bite them. Good example right there. Is that Dave in the thumb wanting to say something? I'm I can't imagine. Yes, sir. <laughs> I can't remember where I heard it, but I recently heard that uh, Tucker Carlson and Hunter Biden were quite close. They were neighbors. When the Hunter Biden thing broke, I was watching. I could get to see Tucker shows back then. I really like him. I think he's super talented. Okay. And uh, he said, he said, I'm not going to bash Hunter because he was a neighbor of mine in that little affluent little neighborhood. They live. He lived in in D.C. when he's I guess he's still I think he's in Florida. But anyway, probably back and forth. But they were neighbors. I don't know their bosom buddies, but they knew each other. And so he had a personal relationship of some sort there. I don't think they're big buddies. OK, so anyway, just for the well, record, that's what I heard. That they well, I heard I heard friends. him. I heard him talk about it out of his own mouth. It wasn't something. I heard somebody say. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a little difference there. But thank you, Dave. Um, is there any I'm yep. gonna do the do the call again, the Clarion call. Any uh, of the Sarah Westall new folks that would like to come on, ask a question, say hello, introduce yourself, uh uh chew the fat a little bit. We'd love to talk with you. Yeah, this is uh Biden's uh, laptop matters. <laughs> Biden's laptop matters, yeah. Well, who was the first guy that came in there? <laughs> This is uh, Greg. Can you guys hear me? Hey, Greg, you're loud and clear, man. You got you got a yeah. radio voice. <laughs> Sold that a few times. Some someday maybe, but yeah, I, uh, I actually uh, I exchanged emails with you on Sunday and Monday. Oh. You know, because I joined from the Sarah Westall stuff. So I appreciate the uh, chance to join us and yeah. uh, start meeting folks and, well, uh, and learning. I've been uh, chasing this for a little while, not you know that long, but. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know, if there's just so much mythology, it's been tough trying to find. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't move forward on stuff until I know a lot enough about it that uh, you know I'm comfortable with it. And uh, I, I've been very impressed so far with what I've learned and, and read through. All, I've been through all the stuff you sent me so far, and been doing a lot of my own research because I, I verify absolutely everything I can. Good for you. And uh, I appreciate the uh, the openness that you that you guys are uh, that you, you present, Roger. And I'm hearing from the folks on this uh, on the call. Well, Greg, listen, we're glad to have you. What part of the country are you in? 
I'm in the uh, Austin, Texas area. Are you? Okay, good deal. We got some good folks just up the road from you there. Jeff, one of them that was talking earlier, one of our uh, good students, been around for a while. A couple others out there, Wayne and the DFW area. Anyway, um, one, you know, it's not. This isn't just my information. This is more than a hundred years of three men's lives. Okay, and I would never have accomplished what I've been able to accomplish and find this and understand it had I not had John W. Benson as my law teacher. I mean, quite frankly, that's the reason. And because he studied law outside of law schools his whole life, and he knows the real law and the things they're not teaching in our law schools anymore. And there's a bunch of it. Okay. And so with those lessons learned and me being a very good student and here, this is very interesting background, Greg. Uh, they, they only operated for six months. John came up with what is known in the tax movement as the revocation of election. Have you heard of that? Evidently not. Okay. No, I haven't heard of that. Okay. Well, John, if you ever try, have you ever tried to go in and read IRS regulations? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much fine, huh? Uh, so yeah. John was very adept at that. He had an incredible knowledge, uh, legal knowledge and background and understanding. And he found in their regulations where if you've been misfiling that you could correct your status and, and they would, you could send in three years of a return called a 1040 NR. That's stands for non-resident alien return or in our non-resident. So if you could send in three of those and they'd send you the last three years of taxes you paid back. And so he hooked up with Glenn, who's an incredible guy, still living, by the way, an incredible guy. Glenn is uh, very, very smart. And um, they, Glenn said, well, we can start a business out of this. So what they did was start a business helping people navigate this. And they would charge you. They gave a 30-plus-hour weekend seminar, which would leave your head spinning, especially if you're new and not exposed to this. Okay, It's pretty high-level legal concepts we're throwing at you. A lot of them even lawyers don't know, honestly. Okay, and so uh, at the end, you paid you paid fifteen hundred dollars to do that, and then they got a percentage. I don't remember what it was of whatever the three years you got back. Okay, in that six months, uh, they um, uh, had twelve hundred students that paid to go through that course. I was the only after they got busted because the IRS came down, closed them down, hit all three offices simultaneously. Um, I was the only guy out of the twelve hundred that went further with the information. That's where we are today. And if it wouldn't have been for the fact that I was there for uh, truth, I just had a big curiosity. I'd known something was wrong for a long time since I was in high school in the sixties. I just couldn't didn't know what it was, you know, obviously. And so when I stumbled into the tax movement, it was first thread I had to run on first path. And so uh, I got in there looking for answers. All these other eleven hundred and ninety nine people were in there trying to avoid heat. So it wasn't a positive pull you like a vacuum. It was a negative push you. And when they got popped and and, and all the problems really uh, started in that respect, no more classes, et cetera, everybody else quit. Okay. And I just knew there was something in that 26 CFR 1.1-1 parentheses small a where they use the term non-resident alien. I knew there was something of great substance there. Okay. Didn't know, didn't understand it. Uh, I knew there was two statuses because it's right there in front of you uh, and the teachings that John and Glenn gave us, of course. But uh, it, I, I like to say that, that the big guy put a ring in my nose like you do a bull down there in Texas. And he lashed a rope to it and he said, come here, son, you're following me. 
And I've been doing that ever since. Okay. Fortunately, we found some answers. Okay. And I believe we've got the answer. And if we didn't have the answer, there'd have been backlash repercussions and these damn slave and murder and thieving bastards wouldn't stand mute. And that's all they do is stand mute. You go into the protocols and it says, if you ever get caught, deny, deny, deny. They don't even deny it, Greg. They just stand mute. My, my, my friend Andy Hitchcock, guy that wrote Synagogue of Satan, calls them the people that always have an answer for everything. They don't have an answer for this. They stand mute. Does that tell you something? Yep, it's, uh, you know, they, they don't, re- you know, especially on your affidavit, right? If they uh, can't, uh, can't rebut it, they're going to keep quiet. Yeah, and they can't rebut it. It's all based on fraud, and it's all this presumption of fraud crap they're pulling here. And when they're confronted with it, I know folks have a hard time believing this. Up to this point, they've recognized it and, uh, and acted ap- accordingly and appropriately. Okay. Now, there may be a time when that doesn't happen. The more people we can get, the less of a chance of that happening there is. Okay. And so uh, that's one of the reasons I push so hard. You know, as, as John would tell us from the stage up here, the regulars heard this many times. He'd get up there and this little kind of short, portly gentleman, not not impressive in any physical feature at all until he opened his mouth and started talking about law and then he's like super john you know and he'd be up there on stage and he'd say the only way i can protect my liberty greg is to help you protect yours that's my motivation right there all those people i don't care whether they do it or not really I'd love to have you in there and love to have you following through if this moves you. But it's your choice. It's got to be your choice. And I'm not going to try and influence that because I don't want something might happen. You come back to me. Well, you told me to do this. I did not. (laughs) I've never told one person to do this in 11 years. Okay. I put the information in front of you. If it resonates, fantastic. If you got questions, I'll do the best I can to help you. Okay. If you're not interested, good luck. Suerte, as we say in Spanish. Adios. Hasta luego. Okay. So anyway, that's kind of where I'm coming from and why we do this is to put it in front of – the other thing is it's very selfish. I'll get to your response in a second. The other thing is very selfish of me because I found early on in the Old Testament, because this leads people right back to the basic instructions before leaving earth, right? And I found some verses in the Old Testament that talk about the watchman on the wall. Are you familiar with those, the watchman on the wall prophecy? It says – I think I've, I mean, it, it resonates to have heard it about uh-huh, it, but uh-huh. it's probably was a well, long time ago. Well, let like me that. for let me re, uh, reiterate it for you and the others that may not be familiar with it here. Is, and I, I, I want to say it's in Ephesians or something, but I'm not real good on all the placing these things in their correct order back in the old part of the book there, although they're greatly applicable, obviously. It says you're a watchman on the wall. If you see danger coming and you don't tell your fellow man, Whatever happens, the blood's on your hands. But if you tell him and he doesn't heed what you're telling him, the blood's on his hands. I want the blood on their people's hands, not mine, quite frankly. Okay, so just by doing this and getting this information out there, I satisfy that. I feel like I'm doing a cause for humanity. I love helping people. I love seeing you people that this resonates with. Follow this up, learn, grow, re-empower yourselves and get free. And it's the greatest payment that anybody could give me is to watch that happen in people. Okay, to watch you guys grow. 
and to watch you get re-empowered with the the powers that our creator meant for you to have at birth that have been stolen from you okay is just a wonderful thing all right and it will happen if you pursue this greg okay now well, i'm gonna we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna pursue it too. Okay. I, you know everything that you said resonates i agree with him and it's your presenting information it's up to me and you know my wife and family to absorb it learn it make it our own and be you know we take personal responsibility and, accountability. and if you want to move forward you're deciding which system of law you want to live under you're letting them know in the appropriate manner that you've made that decision and you want to make that change and it's all your decision okay now i will bend over backwards got a bunch of people on here that'll help you if i can't answer a question we usually get this is the beauty of this forum right here is we got so many of you on here that we can get in here and discuss these ideas i may not have an answer for okay there the things have gotten so complicated because of covid i get these questions that go holy smoke and my head's spinning okay it used to be pretty simple pretty clear cut the social security you still get your social security yes you know what about when i can't get my job and my kids and my husband and the, you know all that stuff hell it gets complex i'm not a i'm not an attorney i'm not here to do that i think we can help you with most of those situations but man some of them are some of them are stem winders these days really but if i can't we got this wonderful board with a, a lot of really empowered smart folks here who've been around here for a while and understand this too and we get in here and have these discussions where iron sharpens iron um the whole thing of notice of weaponizing your position has come from that situation right there okay uh and uh, because that's the second half of this and it really is as important as the first half because if you get your freedom and these other guys don't know about it then uh you've only done half the job done so what questions uh greg being new and and pouring over this stuff i'm sure you got to have some things that aren't quite clear is there anything we can help you with well, I think the, I mean, I haven't moved forward. I mean, I've had other folks, um, you know, that I, you know, I just hadn't moved forward with just because of, uh, you know, my inability to, uh, you know, to just to uh, verify some information. Like I said, I don't until you know, I look at every, I, I, re, I go through everything that people, you know, put in their documents. I've been through a lot of your stuff already, right? Just, you know, getting the source documents, right? Uh, looking at them, trying to understand them before I do anything. So I haven't moved forward with mm -hmm. some you know, anything at this point other than just building knowledge and confusion. Right. Right? Okay, well, that's what I, I want to go in and attack yeah. the confusion. I wouldn't have expected you to do anything that quick. I, I'd be a little bit skeptical if you had. Uh, well, you know, I don't... I've been, I've been this for about nine months, specifically with some other folks around, very similar to what you're talking about process-wise and stuff. But again, I, I you know, had to move forward because once I got to a certain point with them, they couldn't answer any of my questions. Okay. And so I'm just like, okay, they don't quite know enough to, oh. you know, and, uh, or they just haven't figured it out, right, at this point, right. even though they're reporting they do. But I think one of the challenges I've seen so far, right, with all this and stuff, and it's just because, you know, that is, and, and this is an area that I'm just starting to dig into, is, you know, a lot of people that I've seen go down these routes, they've got their passports, you know, they've done these various things, you know, similar things, is they're all you know, have their own independent business. They're doing PMAs, stuff like that. I'm still an employee and I'm going to have to be for a while until I can figure we've been trying to figure some things out, right, to start our own business and get even further out of the system and not be employee. But I've got to be employee for a while because I, I can't be without a, uh, a you know, a uh, I got too many uh, 
family obligations, too many mouths to feed uh, and stuff. To I do, understand. Not you know, go for an extended period without uh, without a salary. Totally so understand. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a wage slave for a while. I guess is another okay. type of slave. Okay. Right? Well, I think that's one of the big things we've addressed that seems to work. Okay, because we got other folks in your condition and situation here, and what yeah. is happening is once you this is a pecking order kind of thing. You know the 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 John and Glenn as much as they knew they didn't they were so focused on IRS that they never looked beyond that to the secretary of state and the primary nexus okay and what they taught us to do was to file the affidavit with IRS and we didn't understand the secretary of state is the one that has the authority to which status the IRS pursues okay if and shame shame on them i guess it's good lord's doings here you know but wasn't meant to know back then but i've maintained that if we would have known that and we could have sent these affidavits to the secretary of state first 30 years ago it may be a different world we're living in today i mean that's how dramatic that that one little element could have changed things i believe okay but now we do know that and so what you do is when you sever the thing with the secretary of state remember this is your decision not theirs okay if it's their decision to tell you what you are, that's tyranny. It's open and notorious. That's why they've gone to all this trouble to switch everything 180 degrees around so they could put you in this presumption fraudulently, and then they could ask you those questions and get you to agree with it and give them consent. That's what those two questions, that's the importance of it. Okay, So uh, once we understand this, we sever the nexus with the Secretary of State, and then we just put the IRS on notice that that's been severed. Well, you just slit their throat, okay? So once you do is you go back and you file, refile those documents with your employer, and you put exempt from federal taxation on there. And you give them, if you need be, a copy of your affidavit for their files. So if the IRS does start bugging them about you, they go, hey, he sent me, he gave me this. And the IRS goes, oh, hell, he gave it to us too, okay? And to my knowledge nobody's had a problem we got a a a guy in your area up in dallas david is gary's brother that i alluded to a minute ago uh and he works for some big company i won't say which one and they've done all their tax stuff and their uh w4s and everything on a i believe it's a computer module by oracle Okay, if you got a big enough company, it's all done computerized now. And he went in there and changed exempt from federal taxation. <laughs> so, and his check, all of a sudden, they stopped taking taxes out. Okay, no backlash. He's still working. So I think we've effectively navigated that. And you see what they don't want to happen, Greg, is they don't want to come in and say, well, fire that damn rebel, you know. And then they fire you and you come back and sue them. And now you can start bringing all these documents into open court. They don't want that. Right. Okay. They'll do right. all, anything to avoid that. Yeah. And I guess this is, I think it's yeah, the process of getting all that. I mean, I understand, yeah, the sole secretary of state, you know, that, you know, fairly, you know, understand and completely agree with all that, right? And that, yeah, it's that next step. And then I hear, you know, there's, you know, different things. People talk about Form 56, Form 8BEN, right? I yeah. mean, you know, which ones don't, do you actually. Don't, don't, I don't have any idea. I hate all that crap. That's why I went to jurisdiction. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, but let me add, let me poll the audience. Anybody here that can tell Greg anything and any any little uh, comments or anything you'd like to make some observations or anything? Hey, Roger. Yes. Hi, it's Sarah Mason from Louisiana. Hey, I Sarah. Know that even without 
without the affidavit, I've been able to get my husband's and my oldest daughter's um, employers to quit taking out just by filing non-exempt. They cried about it, and we had to take it up, you know, to the top, top level, but then they finally just submitted and said, okay, well, I guess okay. that's your problem. Okay, well, go back it up with an, with an affidavit and put the IRS on notice, and you're going to be on safe ground, I believe. Okay, Sarah? Yes, so, and, and that was going to be my question. So, the affidavit that I'm attaching to the passport, that's the same affidavit that I sent to the IRS? Yes, you'll send them a copy of that. First of all, I suggest, and this is a, you know, I keep telling for you folks that are new, this is a process and not an event. The event was when you yes. stumbled onto the information. The process is probably going to be happening the rest of your life as you grow and understand it, okay? And so what we need to do is to get, uh, and this happened out of out of these out of these sessions here, these group sessions, okay. And I had to change my thinking a bit, not only on minor children having their parents submit an affidavit for them, but uh, uh, this little uh, wrinkle here of sending in your affidavit cold or naked, as I like to say, without a passport application, uh, it more intelligible for folks to the Secretary of State first with just a cover letter. Please find the enclosed, and I think it's important that you use their terminology. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence. That's what they call it internally at the State Department, citizenship evidence. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence. Please place this firmly and permanently in my administrative file. See you later. Hugs and kisses, Sarah. Okay. Now, the reason for that is because this is your choice, not theirs. They can't say no. They've got to put it in your administrative file, okay? Now, after that's in there for a week or 10 days or however long you feel comfortable, you send it certified return receipt requested, then you go and put your application with a passport in. There's a reason for that. I don't. I try not to okay. do anything without a method to my madness, okay? And the method here is something that happened recently with a naturalized Brit out in California. And he sends me a letter. He says, they not only rejected my passport application, they revoked my current passport. And so I'm freaking out because I don't get letters like that or that kind of response or actions from the State Department. It's the first one that's happened. So I said, he said, they sent me a letter. So he, I said, send it to me. And so uh, I get the letter, and I'm reading it, and he, and in the letter it says, we're turning you down because you got open felony charges in San Jose. And we're invoking 27 CFR this section and 27 CFR that section. Well, CFR is the Code of Federal Regulations. All of those is the administrative state, and the only jurisdiction they've got on people are residents and in, in the IRS code, citizens of the United States call, or, or nationals called non-resident aliens, all right? So they didn't have the jurisdiction if they'd have taken his affidavit with the passport application, but they rejected his application, and so his affidavit didn't get filed. So they could still invoke these Code of Federal Regulations uh, regulations on him that are tied to residency, okay? So that made me okay. get to think in this. You submit the naked one first, and now you're not a resident any longer. 
they can't say no okay and now if they come back and reject your passport application on some regulation at least you can go fight them and you got a solid legal basis to do so if you haven't got the one on file already you don't you're still a resident they can reject that application and your affidavit doesn't get filed you with me so and the other reason is we start hitting them double or triple with these things at at the state department hell let them you know it's like having false soldiers out there let them see a bunch remember in the covid when we'd have the sporting events and they'd have all those dummies in the seats well it's like having dummies in the seats you're sending them more of this paper damn there's a whole bunch of these things coming in lately you know that kind of thing so does that help sarah Yes, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. I'm going to go back to Greg here. I, I have a question. Okay. Oh, good. Who are you? Uh, if, if, I could, if I could jump in. Oh, hold on. Well, you can this if you'll let. You uh, who is this? What's your name? This is Paul from Global Voice. Oh, hey, um, hey Paul. I, uh, I saw part three on, on your uh, on uh, Sarah Westall. Okay. Now, I've got a question. Now, we want the Secretary of the State of the U.S. federal government to um, to change your status no you're and you're changing no pulls Paul, us out of the system you're changing your status because it's your choice it's not his his choice he's putting that in your administrative files and adjusting the records accordingly so just terminology you know it's okay. like rush used to say words mean things and and this stuff is very okay. intricate, and it's it's really important that it's you understand on a fine point basis. So you got a voice for radio too. You said you're from Global what? Global Voice, okay. Global Voice Network. Okay, well, yeah, I, I sent you. you an email asking for tons and tons of stuff. <laughs> I think I sent you something. Loaded me up. Oh, good, good, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You loaded me up. Now, now my question is, uh-huh. now, if I pull myself out of the system and then I wait seven to ten days, something like that, and return receipt requested and all that stuff, and then I uh, apply for a passport. Yes, sir. Now, how can the federal government issue me a passport when I have just pulled myself out of the system? Well, because they, they have, they no have to. Then. It's because they had no, no, no. They have jurisdiction. You're national. They're they're the same I'm status. The, they're the national is what they've now called the old state citizen. Okay, back before. Okay. Let's go back to before the Civil War. Before the Civil War, for the first seventy years, what was the citizenship in the country? There wasn't a federal citizenship. There was only a state citizenship. So if you were a state citizen, you were automatically by default a citizen of the nation, the United States of America. So all they've done is taken that position and put the label national over it. And may I, may I that's, all, that's, all, that's all that's going on here, Paul. It's like, it's like the deal. Yeah, hold on a second, Pageant. Which thimble I'm is getting. the – oh, I'm sorry. Which thimble, is the, a- which thimble is the P under? That's what we're dealing with. The guy at the fair that gets a little table with the felt tablecloth and says, which one's the pee under? That's what's going on here. Okay. Now, who was the female that was injecting right there? Debbie. I wanted to say, hi. hi. I wanted to say two things. One, I try to correct myself because I always say change my status, but I'm actually correcting it. Yes, right. Uh, It's been incorrectly uh, presumed. And the other thing I wanted to say to the gentleman is that um, if you have a passport, 
and you read the first page, you will see that the passport um, applies to citizens and national and and or national correct correct. so there are two statuses for that one passport right it's it's clearly visible legible right there paul thank you that's all hey thank you debbie are you from the sarah westall uh uh cast net too no i'm from california remember you know okay and you know you know about okay you know about the gals and all that okay good um, I sort of do. I don't know. I'm a little out of it working in a tax office. I'm in, under the Delta Oh, 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 right oh Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. I forgot you're our retired Delta Stu. Okay. I got you now. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, sweetie. Anyway. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, listen, what did you think about? Did you show your boss 26 CFR 1.1-1A? Well, <laughs> well uh, to tell you the truth, the guy's been freaking – he's overwhelmed because, you know, it's, it's not it's, – it, but – I, I put a bug in his ear like a lot. He hears me talk a lot, and believe me, that guy has ears on everywhere in every room in that <laughs> office. But <laughs> but um, he he he's he has said to me things like because he's trying to sell the practice and he wants to retire and he's just done with this bullshit. Right. And he said, you know, as soon as I get out of this and retire, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look into everything you're talking about. I just want to get out of this. I just want to get out of this. Yeah, yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so, I. So you know. He's listening, but uh, okay. he's still working for the man. Well, he's, you know, after all those years, evidently, you get conditioned, you know. It's hard to break that conditioning. That's what we're dealing with here, you know, in a lot of instances. Um, yeah, but you know what? They just they just came back at him, and they they want to, um, uh, I don't know if it's called audit or what. They want to come and audit all his, uh, not the tax stuff, but the accounting stuff. And he's extremely pissed off. He's like, I've been doing this 45 years. I don't need them coming looking over my shit. Blah, 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 blah. Like, well, Bob, you know, well, okay. you're, you're working for the man. Bob. That's right. That's right, Bob. I'm sorry, man. You're the one that chose the profession. Uh, okay. Well, you yeah, tell him I'm if he'd like any help, we'll be happy to help him understand this, Debbie, when it gets to that point. Okay. Okay. All, All right. right. Thanks. Thanks. Let me get back to Paul. Thanks for injecting. Now, Paul, uh, we were talking about uh, all of this. Uh, if I can give this was the question I wanted to ask you. Do you understand the significance of the Secretary of State and why he's got this power? Because I don't know that I covered that necessarily in what I sent you, unless you've delved into some of the radio archives. We talk about it here. Do you know why he's got this unique authority? He's the the keeper of the assets of the federal government. He's the one responsible for. It? He's the one responsible for issuing passports, and in issuing passports, which present you to foreign countries, he's got to know your legal personality and who you are, and they use that authority and that position to run this scheme in, so that everybody's saddled with this presumption. That's why they've gone to such lengths to hide this stuff in the passport application, and buddy, they hide it. Okay, if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, you'll never pull it out of there looking and reading those instructions. But if you do know, just like me, the first time, cause see, I knew all this stuff and I knew there was two and I, I couldn't nail it down because here's the trick they use. They take the national status and they continually change the labels on it. 
Over here in the tax code, it's a non-resident alien. Over here in Title Eight, it's an outlying territories. Okay. Over here, it's something different. Over here, it's something different. And so, but I knew the Secretary of State had the authority from something that had happened 15 years before with the Florida Secretary of State. Here's what happened. One of John and Glenn's students early on got wrote, he was from Nebraska, and he wrote the Secretary of State of Nebraska a letter, and he said, can you please send me a letter signifying that I'm a state citizen? Because, you know, it's replete in all the old law cases, state citizenship. And so he got back this beautiful gold embossed stationary letterhead i mean big gold banners going down the sides and buff pictures of buffaloes and stuff and uh because i'd like this is so and so is a proud state citizen of the state of nebraska and well hell this guy's flashing it around everybody wanted one so i wrote the secretary of state of florida and he wrote me back he didn't send me a letter like that he sent me a letter and said sorry man can't do that for you the secretary of state of the united states has all authority over all matters concerning citizenship and i was so green i remembered the sentence it stuck in my subconscious this is good lord working here it stuck in my subconscious but i didn't know enough to move on it i couldn't put the pieces together at that point i just didn't know enough so 15 years later when i've got to go get a passport to move to argentina i reluctantly go to the post office and pick up a couple of apps i come home and start reading them and there at the top of the front first page is the answer i've been looking for for 15 years <laughs> And I'm not kidding you one bit. I just about fell out of my chair, okay? And the answer was, first of all, at the top of the application, it's the Secretary of State application for passport. Bam, that sentence comes back, okay? And then right at the top, back in those days, they used to have it on the top of the first page. <laughs> the totally opposite the, the oath on the fourth page. Warning, you can attach documentation, comma, including affidavits and when i saw the word affidavit and i saw the secretary of state and passport application i said man i've got the son of a bitches and i do and all this developed since then so that's why he's got this authority oh okay if and, I could, uh, so yeah hold up paul respond and then whoever is trying to say something Okay, so your your take on it now is to send it blind with just a cover letter asking uh, that they place that document or place that or make that correction in the personal file. Correct. In, in, your, admini- file. in your administrative file, it's very important to use that terminology because that's administrative state terminology. And what most people don't understand is the administrative state. It's the deep state is the administrative state. Okay. They're the ones that are making all these man-made laws. The administrative agencies and their SWAT teams are the ones that enforce it on you. Okay. So these are the ones that are running the show. All right. And so the administrative state is, believe it or not, it's hard. It's hard for some people to totally put into context. The administrative state is a court of record and the court of record is your administrative file. And the record is anything they send you or anything you reply or send them has to go in that administrative file because it's a court of record. So it's not will they put it in there? They got to put it in there. Okay. And the bureaucrats, by and far, I, I, I don't know of any instances where we've seen they didn't do what they're supposed to do here. Okay, So the reason that's important is because it is considered a court of record, especially in this respect. Should you get into what we recognize as a real court, 
because that's already in their possession, in the court of record, and in their records, you can bring anything in that administrative file into this other court proceeding. They can't keep it out, and it bypasses the rules of evidence. That's why you're never going to get taken to court. First of all, they don't have any more jurisdiction on you. Secondly, you have the ability to bring anything you've sent them into an open court, and they don't want this document in a courtroom. We've had one experience with that. Okay, Had an experienced student. He didn't put it in there. His ex did. They're having a child custody battle. She's foreigner. Her parents are over here. They think he's a sovereign citizen and crazy, and they put my book, my name, the affidavit and all this stuff in their pleadings over him having medical decisions over the child. They wanted to go get the child vaccinated. He didn't. They were trying to get into court and alter this arrangement. And so now that they've got the information in the moving party, right? Well, he gets up on the stand and pulls the doc, the affidavit out and starts reading it. <laughs> and the judge says, don't read that document in this courtroom. They don't, they don't want, they don't want it in there. Well, well, that is because his sphincter muscles started to tighten up. <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> so, anyway, that's the reason. It probably went okay. the long way around to give you the punchline, but that's the reason he's got the authority, and all these things work, is once you get it in your administrative file, you're in a court of record. Now you can bring it into anything they do and bring it up, and they can't do a damn thing about it except pull out the gun and shoot you, and then they've taken the mask off, and we all know they're open tyrants, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now I I have I have a recorder running now. I okay. didn't have one before, but if you would please dictate what the cover letter should say Very to accompany the affidavit because okay. I intend to get on this right away. Okay, good. Uh let me give you there's there's two instances of cover letters here, okay? One of them is to the Secretary of State initially, and then the second one is to either federal agencies you want to put on notice because we're weaponizing our new position, okay? Same way they weaponize theirs, all right? We're just doing it dialectically and reversing it, okay? So the first one is to the Secretary of State. The second one is to agencies or your state people. Okay, and so let's go over all three of those. You've got a recorder running because I don't have example. I think Dawn on her Telegram channel has some of these up there, and we have uh, one of our newer students has gone to a lot of trouble to do a lot of this stuff that I just don't have the time or energy or, or motivation to do. You know, so there's a resource for you, and I can put you in touch with those too. But regardless, um, you go on the cover letter to the Secretary of State. You simply say. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence. You could put the word affidavit, whatever, you know. Uh, please place this firmly and permanently in my administrative file. That's all you have to say. It's very simple, okay? Now, that's the head guy. Now the nexus is broken. Now you want to come back and start putting these other jokers on notice that that's been done and that you're now different and they no longer have jurisdiction over you. Okay, so the first thing you do, I, well, let's say you do, I got a little presumptive on my part. The first thing it seems like most people want to do is put the IRS on notice. Okay, I can't imagine why, but that seems to be at the forefront of people's mind. Everybody's favorite agency, the individuals representing Satan, right? So now you take a copy of that affidavit and you drop a little cover letter and you use basically the same approach. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence, affidavit, 
currently on file with the Secretary of State of the United States of America. Please place this firmly and permanently in my administrative file. Please adjust your records, your actions, and your agent's actions accordingly. Now, at the top of that letter, cover letter, you're going to put in big, bold letters, lawful slash legal notice, very important, and the second one may even be more important, specifically with these clowns, not to be construed as a filing, not to be construed, considered, however, whatever words you want to change it, feel free, just get the concept across, not to be considered a filing. The reason for that, Paul, is the only trick they've got left in their little bag is to hit you over the head with a $5,000 frivolous filing penalty. Well, you're not filing a return. You're giving them legal lawful notice. And so you're taking that option out from under them with that statement on the cover letter. Okay. Now, the next step, same thing, go to your state. What state are you in, Paul? I'm in New York. I was born in Minnesota. And okay. That was another question as to. Okay. Well, let's get. All right. Well, hold, hold that one and we'll, hold that one. We'll get to it in a second. Okay. Uh, in the state of New York, okay. you're going to want to find out who the attorney general is. And you're going to want to put him on notice because he's over all the laws in the state and all the law keepers in the state. Okay. And now we're in agencies and we're all over here under the laws of agency like real estate, insurance agents, etc. Okay. So now at the top of this state letter, you're going to want to put legal lawful notice, and then you put notice to the principal is notice to the agent, notice to the agent is notice to the principal. That's straight out agency law. Okay. Now you've linked him and everybody you're going to copy together. And you do the same thing. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence affidavit now on file or currently on file with the Secretary of State of the United States of America. Please adjust your records, your actions, and your agent's actions accordingly. Hugs and kisses, Paul. Now you get a copy down at the bottom, and these are the people you want to find out. I don't know what city you live in. I won't you know, ask you that. But you want to find out who your local sheriff is who your local chief of police is. We've added the health, local public health official because they're trying to weaponize them. You may want to put somebody like even, it just depends on you when you get past those. The DA is the other main one. So DA, sheriff, chief of police, public health official, those are the four that I'd say you should put on. You could add others in there if you want. Coroner, he's above the sheriff. I don't think you need to do all that. Okay. But you're going to basically send them a copy of what you've sent to the attorney general, and now they're all linked together on that notice under agency. Okay, Here's the important thing. Now, if any of them come and screw with you that they've been put on notice, and this is all done officially now, okay, now they lose their cloak of immunity because they've acted outside of their delegated responsibilities, and now they're personally liable. You can take everything they got. Does that well, sound good? Not that I would want. No, to not, do not that, none of us. But they might have to twist my arm. Well, you know, and see, I don't. <laughs> never have we had any any blowback on this. I mean, I'm pretty proud, honestly, to tell all of y'all that in 11 years of helping people do this, 
I've never gotten one call of any negative action that's happened to anybody because they've done this. And I have no idea who's filed this stuff, but I can just about guarantee if somebody had some sort of serious problem because of it, they'd get a hold of me looking for answers. I've never gotten one of those phone calls in 11 years. That's pretty good track okay, record. So okay. that, that, that's an excellent track record. So that's at, at my county level. Yes. Like the, the county sheriff and, and Correct. all that. Correct. The, the county district attorney. Yeah. Okay. Now, so one thing that somebody came right, up with that we're kind of, we're trying to kind of figure out now is how to get this information over into NCIC. So now it would apply to just more than your county because anybody's going to run you if something happens. If it shows up, maybe you're out in Minnesota visiting family or something and you get stopped or whatever. It shows up up there because you're in New York and you've got it filed in NCIC. I, I don't know. We've perfected that yet. Pageant, who was on here a minute ago, is uh, either in the process or has sent them a uh, a letter with a request to do that. But that would be the ultimate right there. So what was your question or comment, Paul? Well, my question was, I was born in Minnesota, so yep. that was the state where I took my first breath. Would that have to be my uh, my state of no, status? No, not if you've been living in New York a long time, you know, or, or even however long. I think it's really, even though that would be your birth state. Okay, well, then, you, you know, just deal in New York. I don't think you need to worry about Minnesota in that instance, really. Hey, Roger, I got a question real quick. Okay, who's this? It's Sarah again. So I was writing all that stuff down, but I just wanted to make something clear that the last one you said for the state goes to the state. Um, oh my gosh! Attorney General. Oh Attorney General, Sarah. The state attorney, not the county, right? No, you do. You got to put. You're just adding you, all this stuff. About a, the you're tagging the county people in and copying them on what you're sending to the top law official in the state. Okay. okay and yeah. what you're doing is you're linking all of them together because you got them all on the same document. And now, if any of them screw okay. up, if the if the DA dockets a case of a traffic ticket that they shouldn't have issued you if he takes that when he's been put on notice and he dockets it on a court docket he's lost his immunity and if he does guess who else lost theirs the attorney general because they're linked okay okay yeah. gotcha awesome thank you look we have put thousands of hours of thought and study into this Okay, I don't say these things arbitrarily or just throw them out there without ha having a lot of thought and some, in many cases some discussion here on it. And there's a reason and a method for all this madness. Okay, so don't uh, well, don't I know think afraid of it. Oh, they're ter they're terrified of it. My sister-in-law works for the county, and she said that she has a special like basically a bonded license that anyone can go after. That's, that's correct. Outside of her authority of her role in the county. That's correct. And, and there are people around the country going after the bond or whatever. There's some sharp gals that are yeah. pursuing that. And a lot of people are doing that right now. And I think it even becomes more effective if you change your status. <clears throat> Quite frankly. Because, see, they could come back. They could come back and go, well, hell, they're a serf. What do you mean? I, can't, I hadn't gone out. I'm just doing this. They're the property. Well, they don't want that information to come out. All right. 
So that just you changing status even solidifies your position should somebody want to go after their bonds, in my opinion. Okay. So I have the website for for those girls that are doing that if you want to share that. Oh, uh, go ahead, Paul. You can send it out there if you want. Yeah, it's bonds for the win. That's right. That's right. Bonds for the win. One of our one of our listeners, I don't think John's on here today, is trying to hook me up with that gal. Uh, right now so we'll see how i'm here hey john okay john's john's familiar with uh with that site and stuff how you doing john he's up in, doing, in wisconsin great. he's up in wisconsin wisconsin yatterhead yeah we'll we'll let you digest the sarah west off if we turn you loose on bonds for the win, you're gonna, <laughs> your, your eyeballs you're gonna need uh bionic man replacements there, we gotta get prepped. you know there is a taking a drink out of the fire hydrant principle that applies here okay <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it, yeah it's uh it's it's a foot we'll it's, let a, you get it's a process you know and it, it, you got see what's happening is you're getting totally new information you've never really seen that in these contexts before you're having to go back and adjust all these views that were solid your personal view your world view and all these things based on all this false information that you've been subject to before now so that transition is what's going on paul and you new folks okay it just takes a little time. It takes some time because these are drastic changes to make in, in internally in your mind so that you come back into reality and then you start and, using. And can I? You start. You, you can't hold on. You start using the right words. You start calling it currency instead of money. You start calling, you know, all these things you start calling correctly because now you're in reality. Before yeah, you weren't. Who is who is the female? Start operating, start operating in trade and not commerce, which is what, I, what I, people get beyond this. That's what's really going on. You're going to step out of the world of commerce and the air and ferry maritime jurisdiction and get back on the land and in trade, trade and currency, like like you say. And and uh, that's that's the part that's just take the hat off and uh, step into your power. And you you get you know caught by all this, not taught so much by it. But, well, yeah. and I I'd correct John. It's not maritime jurisdiction. We're under a Babylonian merchant code, but whatever you know. So well, hey, there's a female that was trying to say something. Who was that? We try to defer yeah, to the females because my mama raised me right. Yes, ma'am. What can we help you with? And Mother's Day's coming up. This is Debbie again, and I have a question about if anyone has heard this, but I came across some information about the Secretary of State. And it was from a book. Uh, the name of the book was Fruit from a Poisonous Tree. Oh, that's Mel Stamper's book. Yep. It states that the Secretary of State of the United States is also the governor of the IMF. And he represents several other countries or, or regions no, uh, of the globe. Okay. Hold on. Let me correct Mr. Stamper. I'm going to correct him with the United okay. States Code. Okay. And it's not the Secretary of State <laughs> who's the governor of the fund. It's the Secretary of the Treasury. And that's in the United States. Oh, Secretary States. of the Treasury. It's, the You're United, right. it's I'm sorry. Title 28. And so that means the Secretary of the Treasury does not get paid by the United States because he's the governor of the International Monetary Fund in the bankruptcy. He gets paid by the International Monetary Fund. And not only him, Debbie, but yeah. the Attorney General is also under that capacity. That's yeah, why just, all the laws are so screwed up and the FBI runs rampant around doing all this crap. 
Okay, so if we are noticing the secretary, uh, well, the treasury, the, which is connected to the IRS, right? I mean, well, not yes and no. Yes and no, because the IRS is not an official government agency, but right. they're pseudo in there in this bankruptcy capacity. And the way you check that, go to, again, Title 28, I believe, is treasury, okay? And in Title 28, there's a list of all of the agencies that are under treasury, and IRS isn't in there. Is it internal revenue? Because that's a different. No, 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 no. They're not a government agency. No, I know they're not. They're they're, corporations. Well, they're foreign agents. And if you really want to verify this, here's where you go: do search engine and put in Woodrow Wilson Mm -hmm. repudiation of dollar diplomacy. Repudiation (laughs) of dollar diplomacy. Now I'm going to give you some background here. It's a short document. Woodrow Wilson, uh, he says, a consortium of bankers approached me and asked me to co-sign on this loan, $100 million loan to China. And he goes in, must have been early in his administration before they had their hooks in him very good, because he declined. And he goes into all the reasons that he declined. And one of the paragraphs in there says, the political implications of this go to the very heart of China. The taxation is burdensome and antiquated. You're a tax person. Does that sound like the Internal Revenue Code, burdensome and antiquated? Is that a pretty good description of it, is it? Yes. Okay. And then he adds, administered by foreign agents. There's your blueprint. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hey, Thanks Roger. for correcting. Uh, I, I, I think that's John from I, Utah. I, hey, Roger. It is true. It's true, true, true story. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, for the new people, I just wanted to add a couple of things. I've, I've brought this up before, but I think it, it bears repeating. Is First of all, what you were talking about, the juxtaposition of reality, and hence your matrix docs, right? Yes. And so it would be really worthwhile to get, for people that haven't seen the movie in a while to watch that first segment of the matrix movie and that will many things will fall back into into place that's, how about would you one. like for me to report repeat a little dialogue from the movie from morpheus yeah what is the matrix it's like a splinter in your mind you're born into it straight out of the movie Excellent. yes Yes. The the other thing is that when I sent in the 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 you know not too long about three weeks ago or so four weeks the um, the the te- I call it the teaser the naked affidavit yeah, right. with the cover letter right? right and 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 I think and and if you mention this fine but um, on the outside of the envelope the lower left hand corner if people are putting in their citizenship evidence and i underline that okay and that was one of your recommendations and so i pieced this together i wanted your thoughts on this but so i i received my return card back okay and so what i'm thinking is because i had citizenship evidence on there and it was addressed to you know blinked in and you know secretary of state and all of that wink and blink and a nod (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway um that the um the stamps there were multiple stamps as i i mentioned i think it was even yesterday but you know the, the one of the ones that really stuck out was the uh diplomatic uh pouch and mail um 
process or something like that or mail center. And so what I'm thinking is that these other additional stamps, in my opinion, by virtue of having that on the outside of the envelope, the citizenship evidence that I believe that this went through multiple hands before that was ever opened. Could have been. And otherwise, because if the, it was the first person that got it, they'd stamp it, it would get sent back, and they would open it and do something with the, the, the mail inside, right? Yeah. And so, but I think that it went through multiple hands, and maybe had it not been for the citizenship evidence on the outside, maybe that wouldn't have got to, you know, the diplomatic uh, mail pouch uh, center and all that. We've had a couple for the new folks here. We've had a couple of these return receipt requests come back with that stamp on it, diplomatic mail bag and ambassadorial mail bag and stuff. I don't know whether the other people had that on the outside. You may be correct, John. I don't know. can't say for sure. But I do know we've had two or three people come back that that's happened to lately. So I'd say that's a pretty good indication when your green return receipt comes back with ambassador diplomatic mail pouch stamped on it (laughs) i think they're trying to tell you something and then lastly the um and this was brought up by debbie earlier today which you know i've mentioned in the past is that when you if if you have your own passport whether it's expired or not it doesn't matter or just find someone that does and just open it up and look at the those four lines at the very top you know you know of the of the center fold at the very top and the ones i have are in were in red and and to carefully carefully look at every single word and like debbie was mentioning that it 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 uses the terminology citizen slash national and in, in one line they use the united states of america and then in another line they use just the united states so and if you, and have you, you noticed, want to elaborate on those two different entities and basically like debbie said is they're doing the flip-flop between the two just to further obscure it yes. but here this thing is in people's faces exactly all the time exactly it's right there in front of your face and the other thing john if you look at the background paper like the wallpaper on that it's got usa on it and see this is what don's problem was was she got her passport card back and it says nationality usa and she wants it to say national but you see that's the same thing united states of america is the national if you're federal you're just united states they drop the america you want proof of that 27 paul it's 27 c uh, uh code of federal regulation no 27 code title code 27 of the united states code not the code of federal regulations and i believe the section 1746 title 28 1746 is the section of the code and that's where the jurats are those are penalties of perjury okay there's two do you know there's two penalties of perjury in the united states code one within the united states and one without the united states and the one within the united states is exact same oath is the one without except it doesn't have of america on it the first one says i certify under penalties of perjury of the united states the other one says i certify under penalty of perjury of the united states of america those are in the united states code you tell me there's not a difference yep you know congress does you go into title 42 there's two sections in title 42 1983 and 1986 i believe where they go the privileges and the immunities of the united citizens of the united states are equal to that of the white citizens 
Well, you racist bastards. <laughs> okay. Okay, with well, what you're with. It, with uh, 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 hold on, we got to defer to the ladies here. Sorry, Go sorry, ahead. sorry. With what you're talking about with the um, titled whatever for 1740 the i have read okay. that and i've put that on my document but when you come to the notary block if you get it notarized they refer to all the laws under the penalty and perjury of the state of california okay. and i don't well, think we can change that you guys have got some wacko laws out there that are real unique in the whole damn country on this notary stuff Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't. I, I know you got to have some separate thing. Just get them notarize it and do it. It works still. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, because I have a personal notary, um, yeah. and I put everything because yeah. you know notaries will take a separate page and attach it, and I don't want yeah, that. I want right. everything on my page. Okay. So she looks it over and she says you just have to add that declaration above your signature. You cannot put that in okay. the notary block. Well, here's an option for you get two witnesses and it does the yeah. same thing as a notary right I, I do know that and i was wondering with that i uh, have heard that um we should request the um uh, return affidavit to go to them as well and the, put their addresses the return affidavit well if we're asking them to rebut this in affidavit form right well, no, 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 and they no, don't no, no hold it you're not asking them to rebut anything you're telling them you're going to change they don't have a, an opportunity to do anything except accept that. Okay, so so we give them a time limit because they could if they wanted to, but they don't. They can't. No, they can't. No, no, no. no. They, they can't reject it without being open tyrants, and they'll never be open tyrants. The reason they can't do that is because of the law of nations, and this is also echoed in the United Nations Charter, for God's sakes, believe it or not. I just recently learned that, okay? And it, the law of nations says, this is Vattel's law of nations, every country in the world signed on to it, okay? And it says every man has the personal right of political self-determination now what that means is you get to choose what system of laws you want to live under now what they've done here our guys is they've taken this option of us going over to this national status where they lose all their power but they'll let us exchange our united states passport for another country's slave passport so they're still adhering to vattel they just hide this other. Here's another example of this from a, a dialectical reverse. One of our good new students, Alan, I don't know if Alan's on with us today. He's from old Georgia boy up there. And um, he got in, turned on to this. He started doing a lot of research, like a lot of you new people do. Greg and these others, I welcome you doing that, okay? Because you come back with stuff that's just fabulous, and I'm not going to go out and do that. I did that years ago, you know, research. So anyway, Alan comes back. He's the one that found the one-sentence disclaimer for us. All right, on that certificate of non-citizen nationality policy document there. Well, um, he, he uh, came up in reading and studying with this case called Afrahim V. Rusk. A-F-R-O-Y-I-M. is I think it's got an unusual spelling because he's a Jew. Afrahim V. Rusk from 1960, mid-60s sometime, about when I was graduating from high school. And it's, I'll spell it again, A-F-R-O-Y-I-M, -F -F I believe is the spelling. If not, the search engine will correct it for you. Uh, and Afrahim was a Hungarian Jew, and he immigrated to the U.S. and naturalized. 
And then they caught him voting in an Israeli election. And the, evidently the rules were back then, it was against the rules, and they tried to take away his newly acquired naturalized civil rights. Well, he fought him. Rusk was Dean Rusk, the Secretary of State. He's from Georgia, too. And um, the Supreme Court said, no, can't take him away. So, and I don't know who the the female was I was talking to. I don't know your name. I'm sorry. Why Debbie. Could, oh, it's Debbie again. I, I can't. <laughs> I hadn't tagged your voice yet, Debbie. Debbie, for some reason. Okay. Why well, couldn't they take? Why couldn't they take Afrahim's civil rights away? He violated the rules, clear cut. But they couldn't take him away. Why not? I don't know. Because they're voluntary. Oh, oh. Oh. (laughs) He has to give them away. And they don't want to tell him he can switch over to this national status, which because he's naturalized, he's got access to. If you Every, are not naturalized, do you have access to anything? If you are, if you're a resident, you got access to the administrative state. <laughs> so you, if you're, if you're, wait, what did you say? If you're not naturalized, if, if, you're, if you're not naturalized, you got to be a green card carrying resident alien, right? That's yeah. why every that's why everything's keyed under the term resident because it catches all the people here that aren't citizens of the United States, federal citizens, but you're here under this residency thing, and now you fall under the same aegis as everybody else in the administrative code in the CFR. Now, there's 50 titles in the CFR, Debbie. There's only one that's different in its jurisdictional statement. 49 of the 50 are for residents. Only one is different. IRS. Why? Two reasons, I think. One is because they don't like paying taxes either, and this is a loophole for them. But I think the overriding reason, I think that's just a benefit. The overriding reason is because there's two sections of the code that are constitutional taxation, and they had to put them in there. So they had to put both statuses in the Internal Revenue Code. They don't call it a national. Over there, they call it a non-resident alien. Jose the tomato picker, right? But what it is in reality is you're not non. You're either everybody on the face of the earth is either a resident or a non-resident. One of the two. Okay. So if the residency is the nexus here and you're a non-resident, then you're outside the nexus, aren't you? State citizen. And if you're a state citizen, you're not a federal citizen. Therefore, your status is alien to the federal status, isn't it? Oh, well, you're a non-resident alien. Couldn't everybody figure that out? So they don't really need to do anything. Nope. Well, if you got 871 or 877B taxes, those are the only two. One of those, I'm not sure which one it is, I promise you will never be exercised. And the reason for it is it's because of expatriation. Who, after acquiring these creator-given rights for only the second time in the whole history of our friggin' planet, and learning and going through all this crap, and you get them, you're going to expatriate to another country? Which one? Tell me. See, you're never going to owe any taxes associated with that action because nobody's ever going to do it. The other one is taxes on federally granted corporations like Union Pacific Railroad and the case that 
uh, exemplifies that is Bruce Haber versus Union Pacific. If you go back to the Treasury decision written after every Supreme Court decision on a tax case, the Treasury writes an interpreting, uh, it's called a Treasury decision internally to tell the Treasury how to collect taxes depending on the new decision. And this one is 2313 from Bruce Haber. 2313, TD 2313, and it, stu- it was signed by Secre- Treasury Secretary McAdoo, old political name, McAdoo, and it says in the first sentence, Frank Bush Haber, a citizen of the state of New York and a non-resident alien. Right there. So that's what they're doing, and that's how they do it. What we do is strip these people down and expose them to you buck-ass naked. And if you thought they were ugly before, just brace yourself because they get uglier. Hey, Roger. John yeah. here. Hey, John. Hey, John. Yeah, listen. On the California notary situation, uh, you know, we're doing the one-page affidavit, and I've already gone through this thing. The jurat that they want to attach can be copied on the back of your affidavit. Okay. You don't have to have separate paper. And all it says is that they are a notary public or other officer completing this certificate verifies only the identity of the, of the notary okay. who signed the document to which this certificate is attached and not the truthfulness, accuracy, or validity of that document. That's okay. all it says. All right. For you people that are, uh, you know, unfortunately living in California and have to deal with some of this screwy crap. You can put it on the back of the affidavit, but you're going to have to be able to know that up front to be able to prepare the affidavit front and back in that circumstance. You just go down and get a copy of that uh, document. I just went to UPS and got a copy of it. And then on the back of the affidavit, I just copy them on that. So. Well, well, actually, you can pull it up online in the California handbook, uh, uh, well, notary print handbook. Out, print it out I, on the I, back of your affidavit. Well, I was putting that um, on my on my documents, but somewhere I read in the I don't know some of the paperwork you guys were talking about is not to use Jurat. So that's a Jurat eighty three hundred three, I think it is. And there's two different um, notary blocks. So I was confused as to which one to use because I read something about don't use Jurat. Now I think you might be I've been talking about the 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 you. U.S. Code seventeen forty six or something, and maybe yeah. not the notary block. Well, no, seven, that was the that's the that's the United States Code, correct? Yeah, not so. California. Now look on the front of the document. Uh, what we have down there is the actual jurat we want, which is I declare under penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America that the foregoing is true and correct. Right. That has nothing to do with what they're required to put on the back. Right. On the, on the right. Okay. So it doesn't matter which one of the California blocks we use because both of them state in a box, of course. They're well, boxed you, you out. Don't, state- the box. don't put it on the front. Just go copy the document and put it on the back. Now you've got one document on the front the mm. way you want it. And then you've got the, do- the, the notary jurat in California requires on the back and it's done. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll put it on the back. Yeah. I guess. But you got to know that just... out front so you can go get all that done ahead of time. So, or else oh, you got okay. some real nice glue yeah, and, and you glue both of the backs together and put them like that. I don't know. Just an idea. Who? Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that and with the uh, with the jurat on the back side, the jurat won't be filed because isn't there a 
uh, rule of document procedure that the only part of the document they can see is the part that's face up? I don't know. I've, no, don't I've not heard that. I've not heard that. I've not heard that, oh. but it may be correct. I don't know. Oh, I've heard that in court. I've heard that in court. They just say, I can't, I can't see anything. I, but I gave you the, my documents. Well, I don't see anything because they have them face down. But what you do is you stamp the back and then they can't tell you they can't see it. So that's, that's in court. You put the notary on the back and it's all one document and it can't be separated. Okay. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank so you. So now let's Good talk point. about impeaching Gavin Newsom. Okay. Uh, we need more than that. <laughs> oh, he wants to run for president. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Huh? You'll well, he'd be, be a perfect follow-up to Biden, that's for sure. Jeez. Mm -hmm. No, I don't, I don't know. So Sorry. many Californians are okay. against I hate but. to be, I'm being frivolous here, and we're wasting time. I don't want to do that because we've got nice new people here. we got new blood today, you know, and uh, so we want to make sure. Hear me? I hear you just fine. Who is this? This is Matt in Tennessee. I called you Sunday. Oh, hey. Yeah, man. RDN. Yeah, man. I remember. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a uh, quandary. That may not be a quandary because, you know, my affidavit's in to the Secretary of State, and it's been mailed, as you know. Uh, but I, what, I'm, what I've got going on is uh, I'm actually having my 2021 taxes done, and uh, I'm supposed to go pick them up today. Yes. And I was wondering what you thought about going through with uh, doing last year's taxes or just going ahead and getting my uh, notice for the IRS and just send it off. Well, you know, I feel like uh, Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry, Matt. Do you feel lucky? Yeah, I don't really do luck. <laughs> I know that. Um, you want to? Let me let's, let's approach this a different way. Do you like sleeping well at night? I, I like to sleep good at night. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd go ahead and pay them then. And now you got your affidavit and file, and you got all clear green grass ahead of you. Then you got no no nightmares in the middle of the night on horrible things that may or may not happen to you. Are you getting money right, back? That, that, you know, I, I I know that I was I was uh, still a U.S. citizen. Yes. For the tax year twenty twenty one. That's what I'm so referring I to. Probably owe them. That's what I'm referring to. Debbie helps in the she's in the tax business among a lot of other things. Debbie, what's your suggestion for our friend Matt in Tennessee? Can I use profanity? Well, it depends. <laughs> Are you crossing the Carlin line or not? <laughs> <laughs> I first asked, are you getting money back? If you're not getting money back... Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm self-employed. I, I actually have uh, been paying them on my fruit of my labor for years. Ooh. I work hard, too. Yeah, so... Uh, I, just, I don't know. Personally, I was not able to submit all my paperwork prior to changing the status of anything i worked for or pension into an exempt status so i did that in 2020 right when this whole thing started i quit my job i put exempt on my pension that i was gonna get i got another job i put exempt on all that and then i sent in paperwork not particularly this yeah. one yeah but i say i got I got no, I got did a revocation letter i don't know if that's quite enough but i i noticed 14. Trump down, chain of command, every department. I noticed them all. <laughs> and, and I said, 
I'm not paying this government or this de facto government to do what the hell they're doing. And why the hell would anybody pay them any money? So, I mean, that's just me. Okay. If I go to jail, I like your attitude. <laughs> yeah, better. If she wasn't already married, she'd have a proposal from Jeff already. <laughs> and you're signing a document under penalty of perjuries that you don't understand. And under the internal manual 6209, is it? 6209, I think. It literally states that a 1040, a W-2, you can look up the documents. None of those are taxable forms. So why am I going to volunteer anything to you? Why am I going to sign a document putting me in that box under penalty of perjury? Debbie, can you repeat, Debbie, can you please repeat those numbers? Because I had that information before and I've been trying to find it in the um, IRS administration file. Where did you? Uh, it's an internal manual that someone uncovered way back. It's 6209, I think. There's a whole bunch, Nastasha. There's a whole bunch of internal manuals that people have gotten on process of the computer and all kinds of stuff with all this complicated gibberish in there. That's what she's right. referring to. Right. No, so, I know. Yeah. And there was, but there was, I just wanted to say this quickly. What I was looking for was a meeting that I was on and we were in, we were looking at the internal codes and the 1040 and the W2. Two are under two different categories and it's not taxable well, you know why you put it well, together you, it's a gift so well, i'm know, just trying to find those i'm trying to find that page. you know I you, you know so. why. the 1040 applies to you as the individual the w-2 applies to the the person they've turned into a tax collection agent your employer I yeah understand. but they're still under tax code um five instead of two those are the two tax codes that they have one is taxable right those document those tax forms are right. documentable right and then the code two i think it is yeah i forgot which yeah. is which right and too. i have that somewhere in my computer <laughs> so um well you I go find, find it. it you go find it right now <laughs> can i i'm, I'm hiking right now i can't <laughs> i can but, tell you were out of breath yeah i'm hiking before work oh, because i've been lucky trying girl. to yeah i've been trying to find that again because I had that uh, info before. I'll find it, and okay. um, next time I'm on a call, or who is, who's, who's asking? This is Nastasha. Nastasha. I'm, trying, I'm preparing specific letters right now, and I wanted to include that. Nastasha, what did you think of Sun Tzu, too? Me, too. Have you read it yet? Sun Tzu, oh. Sun Tzu too. Oh, no, that's why I'm in... Um, oh. No, I think Sun Tzu Tzu's petition is excellent, and yeah. that's why I've been in, one of the reasons why right. I've been in the federal library, Law library yeah. because I'm correlating okay. everything um, that he's, you know, that's he's being stated in there. in there in regards to codes. Um, well, for the audience, what uh, we're talking about, she knows about it and I do, y'all don't, is uh, Glenn, my brilliant friend and teacher, um, wrote years ago, it's in the tax book they wrote, a, what they ended up calling a Sun Tzu letter. And it was one, he, he, he knows this stuff so well that he put the IRS totally in a catch-22 situation, damned if they do and damned if they don't, asking them questions and for clarification. And so yeah, it's brilliant. It, 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 well, he's brilliant, okay? Yeah. And uh, so then he, uh, when the IRS wouldn't answer him, as they're not apt to do in these situations, he got his congressman and started hitting him and asked him 
you know, to talk to him, see if he could get a response out of here, and they told him they wouldn't respond to the letter. So that was a number of years ago. This is a new one he just wrote on 2021 determination or something. I didn't read it, I, uh, you know, because of my eyes and that problem, and I hate that crap anyway. But I know coming from the source that it's brilliant, okay? And if there's some way I could put it up on the show description today, I would. But I don't need any more emails with people asking me for stuff. So please don't do that now because <laughs> I'm still under the Sarah Westall burden. You remember hearing about the white man's burden? I got the Sarah Westall burden. <laughs> Roger? Yes. I have a question, and okay. that is, um, you know your definition of person? Yes. Um, currently, well, um, I need to ask where your definition that you Used, have. came from? Yes, because... Okay. In Black's Law Edition One, it's all all definitions okay. of corporation. That's what, that's, what I'm then, gonna, that's what I'm going to tell you because this is the only reason I've been able to do what I've done. Edition three, it's all yeah. corporations. Okay. So. Well, the reason is because I had John W. Benson as a law teacher, and he used right. to do things like go read stuff from a guy named Gaius, G A I U S, who was like yeah. the first Roman that's accredited with inventing the law. And his okay, whole right, his yeah. whole first book in the Inst- Gaius's Institutes is on the word person. Okay, that's and, where. Okay. And that's where it came from. Okay, perfect. And they're not Thank teaching you. that in law schools. And that's the reason everybody's so damn functionally illiterate. Thank you. That's my next. Calm okay. down. Have some dip. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might take you. I might just take you up on that. <laughs> So well, I'm going to defer. If I could make a comment, I will I'll really love talking um, to the new folks, man. You guys are new blood here, and we're tickled to death you found us. I'm great that our cross passed, our paths crossed, and and I'm just thrilled to have you along, Paul. Somebody coming from a uh, broadcasting uh, position too. Fantastic. What's your question? My well, my question is is more of a statement for the uh, self-employed guy who's wondering if he should pay his taxes. That's, that's Matt. If he's done his paperwork, okay, Matt. If you've done your paperwork and you've agreed to pay taxes and all that up to this point, uh, you're 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 headlong into filing them. I would, if it was me, I would go ahead and file them, and then at a later date try to do the status correction and then like go back three years and see if that'll work for you uh just trying to like have things cross in the mail where you're making declaration and you're dealing with the irs and you're putting them on notice and all that stuff it's just it's just too ticklish for me it would uh, cause me to break out in a cold sweat i try and come back and do these things come back and do things the right way even though we're in a fraud position okay and we're, we're the no irs work. is the irs is over one year behind yeah Just I, they can't know. even open their own mail okay so but doing this in the right way matt in tennessee last year in 2021 was a citizen of the united states According to them, even though we know the thing's voluntary, okay, that according to them, he's a guy that owes the tax. And if you want to just move forward with a really clean frame of mind and work on empowering yourself and the positive natures of this and not the negative natures of that, if you can afford to pay them and it's no big hardship, even though it hurts, pay the bastards and be done with them, okay? Then 
You can sleep well at night. You can start getting empowered. You can let all this work in a positive way and take it somewhere in a positive direction instead of worrying about are they going to come after me? Are there what are the penalties? The interest going to be? I couldn't afford what they were. I was going to have to pay before. Now I really can't afford to pay them in that kind of a situation. Okay, so that I think, Matt, I I know it. I know it hurt. Look, I gave the son of a bitch is thirty five thousand man out of my house closing. So I know what this is like. Yeah, you want to talk about? Remember, remember Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Remember the scene that every man that ever saw that movie will never forget when they're down there in Bolivia and they're going to have the fight. And he goes, "We first we got to talk about the rules." And the guy goes, "Rules? What rules?" And he kicks him right in the groin. Remember that? (laughs) Okay. Well, that's what this is. Okay. (laughs) So anyway. I, that's see, what, that's what I was trying to say, but he said it better. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> uh, you know, here's the way. Here's what that her, and not only that, these bastards rub salt in the wind. They sent me a letter, and they said you only owed us thirty grand, and we took an extra five for the taxes we think you're going to owe in the future. Well, I guess they're telling you you're out of their little system now, aren't they? Okay, and so I mean, I thought those sons of bitches, right? And all this was because I had that little black girl from the IRS on the on the stand for four and a half hours fighting them over this summons. Okay, I didn't make enough money to owe that many taxes in in a decade. Okay, and so anyway, uh, I thought you know, Roger, I could go back and I can take him to court because they've taken the money already. That's a prerequisite them having the money for you to go after him in court. All right. You got to pay the taxes first, then you can sue us. Okay, but they'd already taken them. I could have gone in, and I probably could have got that five thousand back. And Matt, I said, thirty-five thousand is a pretty cheap price to pay for the education these bastards have given me. Now I'm getting that thirty-five thousand back right now, teaching all you guys how to shove it up their ass. Okay, and I got penalties and interest too. And every time one of you files, it, I take a dollar off their total. You think the penalties and interest are ever going to pay that? We're going to have to get hundreds, tens of millions of you in the free zone first. Anyway, I, I'd, I'd suggest you pay it, Matt, but that's just my suggestion. I think your life would be a lot easier going forward if you did. Okay, yeah. Matt, Matt, you're getting a bunch of... <laughs> Matt, As a self-employed person, <laughs> I hope you're taking advantage of every single deduction you can take Amen. as a self-employed. You can take a lot more than giving it to a tax person to do for you because they don't know your life. You can take a lot of deductions. I did that for my husband who still wants to pay taxes and reduced his tax liability by, you know, like $3,000. Good for so, you. Well, what I've done during my slave status is hire accountants because that, I figure I have a less chance of being audited. Correct. Uh, you know, going forward. But uh, so I've got it with an accountant in town. And actually, we have an extension. If you were wondering, I'm not late filing this year because uh, we I live between the two tornadoes back in December. You, you remember Mayfield, Kentucky getting destroyed? Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, I live, and then Dresden, Tennessee got yeah. destroyed. Well, I live between Dresden and um, Mayfield, uh-huh. and uh, I was up that night. And anyway, it was a scary night. What the IRS has done is is pushed our slave dues back. 
Okay. So uh, they've extended well, it to May 15th or something. Well, so they well, were they, nice to us. Isn't they, that nice of them? They really are kind. It sounds like you had some damage to your business. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> There's probably some big deductions there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Listen, if you don't know your rights and you don't know the laws, you don't have any. So That's exactly you, you gotta, right. You got to take advantage. And you know what? Just like attorneys, accountants are hearsay. They just take whatever you told them. That's they right. have no idea. That's right. Some of them I want to. I want to. down in Dresden. I told him about Roger Sales, and I told him about. Uh, I told him this was my last year. I was doing my uh, income taxes and everything. He seemed very, very interested, and he also knew that gold and silver are actually money, not currency. We kind of got into a okay. little discussion. Well, that's a good opener. I'm trying to recruit people. Okay, well, that, that, see, that's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to really have an impression here, and that's why I spend so much time with you guys educating each and every one of you to the best of my ability so that you, too, can become the teacher, okay? And then we're really, really exponentially spreading this thing, and we start adding the fact that now people are looking for answers, and we're getting to a level where we can get on platforms like Miss Westall and get the Westall burden going, then all those things work together, and, and we're about to take off here, okay? Okay, we're I'm on the back burner with Mike Adams. At some point, that one's going to happen. Mike Adams is the key to getting into Alex Jones or Destroyer, uh, 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 Joe Rogan. Hell, maybe even Elon Musk. For God's sakes. Okay, who knows? But That'd we got beautiful. that big a message, and, and and we're getting in and closing in on some of these next big platforms. And once you hit one of those. Man, I, I, I'll, I won't be able to look at my email without passing, shivering like a dog passing a persimmon seed, okay? Hey, Roger. I haven't even talked about the Global Voice Network burden yet. <laughs> we, we haven't even talked about that. Okay, Paul. Well, I'm going to ask you to maybe put this stuff on, on a website and save me some time and sanity because I've been going nuts. I was up all night Sunday night, all night long answering emails. Because I was so damn scared if I didn't do that, I'd wake up and I'd never get it done. Okay? So that's what I've been doing every day. Last night, I come home from our lunch, six hours straight answering emails. This morning, get up. Bam, an hour. You know, it's like, and I go back to my email and, hell, there's 15 new ones. Yeah, who was trying to say, hey, Roger? John from this. Oh, hey, John. Okay. Get you. Anyway, real quick. um, First of all. Uh, and I, I don't. I, I mean this sincerely. So it's a partial joke, okay? All right. But I, I have no doubt that the pl- this platform and your calling and work will expand into greater spheres over time. I have no doubt about that. And anyway, but we can all say we knew Roger when. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had somebody wrote me an email the other day. He says. You're not even going to be able to walk down the street. <laughs> and I said, well, fortunately, they don't recognize me in Ecuador, you know. <laughs> the other quick point I wanted to mention, I'd like to get Debbie's take on this as well, okay, is um, I've Uh-oh. been working with a, a, a CPA, you know, 40-year veteran, all that kind of stuff. and But this guy's totally locked into, you know, alternative everything, right? And anyway, he was telling me, uh, he, he would just give me behind the scenes of advice. So in my case, I have an LLC, which incidentally, I've learned that if you have to maintain that for some reason, that you, um, you know, you need to uh, file 
that uh, as a return as an LLC. Oh, oh, oh it should file. So one, yeah, it should file. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, one other person that has been on the program for a while, what their approach was going to do is that they were going to um, not take expenses out, right? But have everything come through, flow through to him or to and his partners that are, you know, nationals. Right. right? That's what that's what uh, you do. Yeah, you're going to save yourself a bunch. Yeah. And and the reason to not list the expenses is he says I don't want them to come back and pick at anything that's in there. Okay. So that's point number one. Good one. Relative to the CPA. Number two is that the accountant said um, he said. I strongly suggest you have more than yourself in the LLC. Um, you know, like even if it's a 99 and 1%, you know, someone that you know. And he said in 35 years, he said, I've never had them do an audit with that arrangement with really? at least two people. Yes. Oh, that's a nice and, inside um, tip right there. Now, yeah, now yeah. LLC is different from a sub S, okay, which is another pass through corporation. But I think the LLC passes through just like a subchapter S, right? That's my understanding. Okay, so the the object is let your LLC do business for you, pass all the profits, don't take out expenses to try and save the LLC tax. There won't be any tax because they're passing everything through to you. There's no profit left for them, okay? Exactly. And you're federally tax exempt, so you're, you're home free. Exactly. And then then I'm starting the question, even the value in having an LLC. And I know in principle, you know, limited liability. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and and then I see is the issue is that how many people really go by the book and they do their comp minutes and all this other kind of stuff. Right. Yep. And so, you know, I think if you ran into a problem, you know, lawsuit or something, the, the veil be so easily there. Penetrated, they're right? not going to come. That, they're not going to mess with us because they don't want any chance of this little status snafu being brought up in any open forum. Well, I'm even talking about like in a private suit of some kind, not even including agency, well, like like material. a civil or civil suit. Or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, just go, you know, DBA route. And you know, I've been talking to John from Wisconsin, and he said, oh, you could do this, you could do that. And so those are all other subjects. Another P- P- you know, PMA. possibility of PMA, certainly. Yep. yep. Um, so, you know, anyway, there's issues to be talked about. But I, I'm curious as to Debbie's feedback on these last few comments. I know we're closing out here right now pretty yeah. quick. But. Yeah, yeah, we are a couple um, minutes. I don't, I don't subscribe to any government forms like that. But, you know, I also am not in business for myself. What I think is probably maybe a safer bet, which a lot of people are doing here, is running everything through a trust i was going to bring that up you know let me let me plug brent brent commonlawlawyer.com he's now started into this how you can write your own trust agreements it's 12 weeks long he does it tomorrow on thursdays commonlawlawyer.com and go under the events button and go down and there'll be some information you got to register for it okay but he will have the correction roger okay hey bob yeah correction please commonlawyer.com not common law lawyer oh okay thank you thank you bob just for the new list my brain and my tongue are going too fast here commonlawyer.com and some of you that are new haven't heard brent yet and uh he is uh he's something 
okay uh but anyway he's an attorney and he gives these classes on thursday and it's just started into the write your own trust 12-week course as he said it can save you thousands of dollars if you were to go to an attorney and have them write it probably including him and he is an expert he's focused heavily in his career on trusts so debbie are, is there, are those your birds there whose birds are in the background yeah you might be able to hear the oh, sorry I'm oh, that, no yeah, i like you, it you you, you probably can't hear the birds yeah, okay. <laughs> on the hiking trail, but I've been muting. Anyway, I was told trust way is better and also open a bank account that's um, non-interest bearing. Yeah, those two things, very, very positive steps. And then, and then it hey, falls Roger. under the class of non-taxable. There you know. go. All right. Yep, Bob. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, go back to feeding the birds. Yeah, Bob. Just an update, and I encourage everybody to participate if they can somehow network 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 yeah. get together online in person however you can do it i had a nice long 30 40 minute talk with sarah on the phone oh, the other day great. yesterday great and uh nice to talk to somebody of like mind yes and, uh, always i encourage everybody to do it beyond these two hours you know we need a community well uh, you know what is I, I, I rem- think that's biblical. It is, and it's also important what you said, organize. I remember a statement I read when all the Jews came over from Europe uh, early last <laughs> century, and they'd hit Ellis Island. The battle cry was organize, organize, organize. You can see what they've been able to accomplish mm-hmm. with that. Okay, So uh, we're about hey, at the end of the show. Yes, who's, who's coming in? And John, who might oh, John, yeah, buddy, come on. I, I just wanted to, on this tax situation, I just don't sign the 1040. Don't do that. Just don't sign the 1040. You have plenty of time. No need to get anxious about this. The only time you're going to be obligated to pay those taxes is if you sign that 1040. If you don't sign that 1040, all your options are available to you. And there's a guy out there that I know about who will actually take a case. He charges about 2000 bucks, probably less than, than you're going to pay in taxes anyway. So, um, Again, you don't have to worry about these guys. They're they're a big tooth monster. But hey, look, there's a great remedy right there. Send it in. They're a year behind opening their mail. Don't sign it. They'll have to send it back to you. <laughs> Hell, maybe years go by. No, so I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do don't do anything. Just don't sign that 1040, and then yeah. then you can research your options. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch yeah. of things you can do. Yeah. I, I I've been fighting with these guys since 1985. Okay. Yep. And sometimes they win and get money, and sometimes they don't. But most of the time, they don't. Don't sign the statute staple, and you're at least ahead of the game. Uh, listen, Absolutely. we're 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 exiting out here. We got the the closing stuff in the background. I want to thank and welcome all the new Sarah Westall listeners, and uh, appreciate you, Paul. I imagine you and I'll be talking on the side, Greg. Great to speak with you and get to know you a little bit. And as you you guys grow, I know this is like taking a drink of water out of a fire hydrant at first. As you grow and get more acclimated and get your arms around it, uh, you'll have more questions, and we'll be here. And as you can hear, there's a lot of people that have been down the path that will will gladly reach their hand out and grab yours and tug you along so uh, we just got knocked off the server jim ram is next jim ram's do-it-yourself health and wealth follows me for two hours and i would highly advise if you can for you to stay on because we just transition over here on the jitsi board and i do things like say jim i know you're there i'm about ready to hand you the baton and i'm here ready to grab it see there how it works it's just smooth (laughs) 
I'll see y'all tomorrow. Thanks for being there. Nice to meet you, new folks. We'll look forward to you coming back. Jim, take her away, bud. Roger. Yes. Roger, call me. Who who who, who is? Call it? me. My phone number's in my email. Paul. Oh, oh, Paul, send me another one with it in, okay, please? Because I got I got hundreds of emails. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Roger. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Mute the board and bring up the network feed.